When it comes to New York City, the old cliche goes, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. Well, there are a select number of students who are getting a leg up when it comes to making it in acting, directing, design, production, and other careers in the arts. The Fordham University Theater Program combines hands-on training with faculty members who are working theater professionals. Today, we hear from two people helping the next generation of artists. Good morning, I'm Robin Shannon, and this is Fordham Conversations. Matthew McGuire is the director of the Fordham Theater Program. Later, we discuss the program's vision and some of its successes. But first, I sit down with Tony Award-winning Broadway and film director, Kenny Leon. The 2014 Fordham University Denzel Washington Endowed Chair for Theater met me just before his teaching class at Fordham's Lincoln Center. It's good to be here this morning. <laughs> Thank you. So let's get to know Kenny Leon. You were born in Florida, went to college in Atlanta, which is also where you started your theater company. When did you know you wanted to be a director? Oh, my God. Uh, that's a tough question. Um, early in my career, I was an actor, of course, and I've I used to do a lot of television commercials because I looked a certain way at a certain period in time. And um, Handsome. Then, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> then once I started uh, directing, I directed this play called The Wishing Place in Atlanta, Georgia, for this company called the Academy of Music and Theater. And I directed that one play, and I knew it was a sensation there that I hadn't felt before uh, as an actor. But... Still, I wanted to sort of do both. I wanted to act and direct. But the artistic director of that company said to me, he didn't think I had the skills to direct. And so I said, wow. I thought the play was really successful. It, a lot of people came and people liked it. But the truth of the matter is the company wanted me to act more. But I knew that I felt as my God-given talent was pushing me to, to direct a little. So then I, so I left that company when when I knew that I wanted to pursue directing. And as soon as I closed that door, I had many more opportunities to direct. I be, I, that was the year I started a directing fellowship for the National Endowment for the Arts. And um, so I had an opportunity to go and observe other directors at Center Stage in Baltimore, spent time in New York and Philadelphia. And so that criticism didn't knock you out at all? It, it, no, no, it, it inspired me. And, and, and it gave me a, a, a life lessons, like, you know, when it's time to move on, it's time to move on. And uh, sometimes we keep ourselves from, 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 from the beauty because we're trying to hold on to, to what we know and we're afraid to go into the area of what we don't know. So, um, so I started directing and then shortly thereafter I was uh, maybe acting 70%, directing 30%, and then it was 60-40, then it was 50-50, and then it kept going. It's like, okay, I need to direct most of the time. Now, did you find yourself purposely pursuing directing jobs, or were the acting jobs coming up, they were just second no, to the directing? I, I saw myself as an artist, so I was like, I'm an artist that acts and directs. And um, I was running the Alliance Theater Company in Atlanta, Georgia, and I felt I was spending more time raising money. So I said, okay, it's time to move on. And when I decided that things presented themselves, like the 2004 Broadway production of A Raisin in the Sun, and that same year, I, I think I did Gem of the Ocean by August Wilson on Broadway. If I'd have been still running the theater company, there, there would have been no way that I could have done two Broadway shows in the same season. And, um, you know, now I've been running this new theater company, True Colors Theater Company. I've been running that company now 
going on 12 years. So are you still doing that even though you're here in New York? Absolutely. And that's in Atlanta, correct? Yes. Is that correct? And that's yeah. why how I reinvented that, you know. So, uh, you know, I've, I've been in that company a long time, but I don't have to deal with the day to day. You know, I have a wonderful uh, managing director and a wonderful staff. And I just go in every 12 to 18 months to either direct a show or perform in a show like I did this past summer with Felicia Rashad. So, uh, and we need our institutions, and we need our African-American institutions, and we need to tell everyone's stories. So True Colors is a theater company that's dedicated to preserving the African-American stories while we embrace the stories of all other cultures. Now, help me understand, how does um, a theater company find that talent to cultivate? I mean, I'm sure there's, there's plenty of talent in Atlanta, so how can you pick and choose, like, that's the story I want to tell, or that's, the, you know, the company that I want to help? You know, you have to look at the world and find your place in the world and decide what do you think will contribute to the world. So I think the preservation of uh, those stories by African-American women and, and men uh, need to be preserved because the, the other institutions aren't preserving uh, enough to my satisfaction uh, those stories. So that's, that's my little contribution. In addition to directing, as you said, you're an actor, how do you know when you want to direct a project? How do you know when to pass on one or when one is, you know what, I can really, you know, mine this into some diamonds? Robin, I think it's important that you find out your specific and personal passion. And my personal mission, I have to do stories that I think will encourage folks who are different from each other to sit next to each other, to dialogue. You know, I want, I want blacks and white and young and old and Jewish and Latino. I want everybody to sit next to each other and uh, learn what, what helps us to become a better person, better human beings. When I'm offered a role, I mean a, a, a play on Broadway, I have to see the benefit to society. You know, if you say, oh, we want you to do a Raising in the Sun. Well, I want to do a Raising in the Sun. Not only do I want to work with a great artist like Denzel Washington or when we did it the first time when I did it with uh, Felicia Rashad and P. Diddy and Audrey McDonald. You want to work with great artists, but you want the story to say something. When I did uh, Holly If You Hear Me, the Tupac uh, musical, that was because I felt it was time to say something from, from young folks' point of view. And when you get inside of that, it's like Tupac was saying some incredible world-changing things, and I felt that was an, an important musical to do, so I, I tackled that. You know, whatever it meant, it's like, let's do this. Sometimes you have to remember that you're uh, creating uh, Afrocentric work on a Eurocentric stage, and as long as you, you know, remember that, then you, know, you don't do it for the money solely. You, you do it because you're trying to contribute to the body of work. Holly, if you hear me closed a little bit faster than most people expected or, or and some people wanted. How did that make you feel? Well, I mean, I felt great because I felt like it was a, it, it was a musical that we, we should have produced, and it took a lot of effort uh, on a lot of people's part to get it up, but the fact that it got to Broadway, like I said, it was a, it was a cultural class. Of course, I would have liked to have seen the show run longer, but it's not... Uh, disappointing on on on, uh, on that level it's really uh, I see it as uh, an achievement and something I'm very proud of I just think that it was it was saying something and it was a beautiful production so uh, Holly if you hear me it's not done uh, so when you are creating an afrocentric work on a eurocentric stage you don't expect it to to run for 15 years right 
because uh, there are more things at play. It's, it's political, it's social, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's, it's different for a traditional Broadway audience to sit and hear something that they thought they hated. So we sort of didn't have the resources to last ex <laughs> except for the, the time that we lasted. <laughs> But I'm really proud of that show. R amazing artist with that. And Todd Cryler was a great writer with Saul it. Saul Williams um, was great in so, it. So, oh, Saul. Saul is, uh, yeah, that's my hero. That's <laughs> yeah, my hero. So, Kenny, um, actors often have a type of acting technique or a style. Do you have a particular directing style? I mean, I guess I have, everybody has a particular directing style. Every director has a specific directing style. But it's not from I, a particular style. I guess my, my directing uh, style is. Uh, I'm trying to think what Felicia calls me. Uh, I have an everyman approach, mm -hmm. which I wanted. I wanted to make sense and be plain to to all those who are sitting to listen. So I uh, um, I consider myself to be raw. I'm a raw director that demands the truth, and I take a little bit of you know from from everybody. You know, I take a little bit from Observation, a little bit from Stanislavski, a little bit from Meisner, a little bit from the great Lord Richards, a little bit from Observation. So I don't have a particular style other than I'm, I'm demanding of the truth. And we have to decide what the truth is. But we all can recognize what feels and seems like it's authentic. So um, Do you I, find yourself collaborating to do that? Or is that something that's intrinsic? Well, I mean, I don't think you, I think theater by its very nature is a collaborative art form. So I am demanding uh, from our team to, to be in the pursuit of excellence and to be in the pursuit of truth as we know it. So you need the set design, the costumes, and everything to work in one accord to do that. Um, so I'm not, um, I don't think uh, if I wanted to do this alone, I would write a book. So I'm most interested in working with great artists to create something that we've never seen before. Now you've worked in stage, obviously, TV and now radio with the project uh, NPR Presents Water. Which platform is most challenging and why? Well, the only thing that I could not live without is theater. You know, so I've done, what, five movies of the week. I've done episodic now television. Now you're saying that on I've this done, radio program, you know. opera. <laughs> um, but I think theater is the only thing that I could not live without but I don't have to make that decision. The industry tries to get you to make the decision. You know, oh, Kenny, why don't you just do this or just do that? And I see myself as a storyteller. I'm a storyteller, and sometimes a story tell, the story demands uh, that is told as an opera. Sometimes it's a drama. Um, sometimes it's, um, it's radio. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I want everyone to continue to call me and say, hey, wonder would, would that be something that Kenny Leon would like to do? I don't know. It, does, it, does, it, does, it, does it help people? Does it move the world forward? Does it get people talking? Does it, does it get people talking? Uh, does it help with diversity? Does it, you know, it's sort of my, my mother sees it as like uh, she always, I think she always thought I was going to end up being a minister. And, and then she says, you know what? You are sort of a minister. So a I, I like that. I like I'm I'm a, I'm a minister of theater, and I like that. And I and I've had the opportunity to work with some great people: Stephen McKinley Henderson, Felicia Rashad, Audrey McDonald, uh, just some great artists. And uh, I couldn't be happier. Do you see yourself directing movies at any point? 
Well, I do direct movies. I've directed five. Well, you, you mean you mean Big feature screen. films? Uh, well, I always direct the movies I've directed for television uh, have been Steel Magnolias, which Steel I love. Steel Magnolias, Raising in the Sun, In My Dreams. I'm working on a new movie. Uh, I'm make. I'm working on a feature right now. Uh, and this is a made-for-TV movie, or no? I'm making. I'm working on a feature now. Oh, I'm working okay. on a feature film now. And uh, then Any I'm working on. Any tidbits about what it is, or you want to? No, I can't say one. right now. <laughs> But uh, hopefully it'll it'll say something about racing class in America, uh, which I think is very much needed. And uh, hopefully I'll be on a on a on a, another Broadway show real real soon. When can we can expect it, or we're not? In the spring or fall. Spring or fall. This two, in 2015, absolutely. And but you know I took this time off, you know, to I'm so honored to be the Denzel Washington Chair of of Theater at Fordham, because I've found. I've discovered more about myself, but when you're teaching, you find out about yourself. You find out what you, you find what out? you really know is so much. You don't have much enough time on this radio <laughs> s- uh, <laughs> show for me to tell you that. What's the you know, top but you thing? find out about you find out about yourself. You find out what you are, what you know, and you find out uh, because you can't ask students to do things that you're not living by. So like you got to be very careful with that. Can you give me an example of something that you might have shared with a student that you learned well, just from this teaching position? Well, I mean, what I tell them is like um, we've been, we've been talking a lot about building character, but it's about you got to have character to to be in this business, and you got to that sustains you. So if you're going up for uh, you're you're going up for a, a, a role in Romeo and Juliet, you think you're the only person in the country that can play Romeo or Juliet. You know, how many, you know how many thousands of people they are? So what's gonna get you the job? And then you, so you ask yourself, Kenny, what's getting you the job? Well, it's not just my talent and skills, it's my perseverance and it's my, um, my faith in myself, it's my trust and my spiritual center and it's my character. Uh, it's my how I build relationships with other people. It's uh, you know it's easy to it's easier to be yourself than to be someone else because all those parts are taken. <laughs> so you got to keep discovering how to be the best you that you can be. What and grade would you give yourself in life? In after teaching this class? Oh, A. You absolutely. give yourself an A. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think the, the, the students are really enjoying it. And every other week, I surprise them with a special guest. You know, I had Denzel Washington stop by. I had Spike Lee stop by, Felicia Rashad. These are amazing artists who I'm just uh, I'm just humbled that they would say to me, Kenny, yeah, I'll come by your class. I'll, you know, let's, encourage let's, the students. Uh, let's encourage the students. So that's that's been, you know. That's been very satisfying to, to know that you have friends that you can call on that will come to a class free of charge because they think teaching is really, really important. Giving know. back is important. Uh, what's tougher, teaching, directing, acting? Wow, what's tougher, teaching, directing, acting? Uh, teaching is directing, because I, I, you, but you know, when, when you're directing, you're also teaching. Um, I, I definitely think acting is easier than the three because you only have to figure out how you fit in to the whole. Directing, you are thinking about all of it. So I think directing probably is the most challenging, most difficult of the three. And my final question, Kenny, out of all the projects you've worked on so far, which taught you the best life lesson? Well, I'm always trying to learn something with every every 
every project, you know. So I always say that I learned the most from my last project. So my last project was A Raising in the Sun, in which I won my first Tony Award. And it reminds me of something that Denzel always says. It's like um, man gives the award and God gives the reward. And that's what I learned, you know. It's like that, that trophy is only going to help you hopefully get another Broadway show. And that's why you want it, because you want the producers. You hear me, producers out there? You want the producers to call you and give you that next job. But in terms of what it really, really means, it's more meaningful when I'm in that classroom teaching these young folks and I'm giving them something that I think will help them um, uh, have a better uh, road to prosperity. Thank you very much for taking uh, this time for my show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good to be here with you. <laughs> Thanks, Robin. This is Fordham Conversations on 90.7 WFUV. I'm Robin Shannon. I've been talking with Kenny Leon, the Denzel Washington Endowed Chair for Theater in 2014. Now we hear from Matthew McGuire, the director of the Fordham Theater Program. So, Matthew, can you start by telling me how did you decide to come up with this program? Because it's your baby pretty much, correct? This was a brainstorm of uh, long-range planning over time, and it was decided that if we were able to attract a luminary to our faculty every semester, it would be great for the students and great for the university. Father McShane and Roger Malici, our VP for development, uh, met with Denzel at the Polo Lounge at the Beverly Hills Hilton in late 2010 and they floated this idea by him and he seemed curious enough to want to come back to Fordham and, and talk about it in person. So we set up uh, the meeting for what is now called the Kehoe Theater, but when Denzel was here, it was the Black Box. It was a place where lots of our, our fabulous alums got their start. Patty Clarkson did had a gabbler in there. Julie White, all our, our Tony Award winners worked in that space, and that was Denzel's first space. So we decided that's where we'd hold the conversation. And we'd put a ring of, of chairs uh, in a circle on the stage and light it like a stage set and bring in recent alums who he could see had had the benefit of our training. Denzel arrived. We gave him a, a tour of all of our other spaces. He was in his usual sweat clothes. His signature. his signature and his baseball cap. And then we went into the keyhole, and he was uh, delighted to see how it had changed and proceeded to talk shop. Wanted to know what the recent graduates were working on, what it had been like here. We started talking about uh, acting in the broadest possible way, and it was pretty clear that he was enjoying himself just being able to talk to young actors. Every once in a while, I would throw in the possibility of this Denzel Washington endowed chair, <laughs> and his ears would perk up, but he didn't seem ready to talk about big money yet. So about an hour had gone by, and we knew that he was getting on the plane in the morning uh, to go to South Africa to shoot a new film. So I had put uh, all the details of this idea on one piece of paper, and I said to him, Denzel, I know you might be pressed for time now, but if you want to mull this over when you're on the plane, here it is, all is in one place. 
He picked it up, looked down the sheet until he got to the $2 million figure, and he said, oof, that's a lot of money. <laughs> I said, yes, it is. He said, can I do it in installments? <laughs> At which point, yes, yes. So thinking that that would be the end of it, oh, no, no, we talked for another hour. But he wanted to know who we would consider for this job. And so I gave him a list. Who was on the list, Matthew? Well, one of them is uh, another one of our great alums, Patricia Clarkson, very high on the list, and also uh, Julie White. Uh, Glenn Close was on the list. Uh, so what we're looking for, as, as I explained to him, and he agreed completely, because this is something he's talked to our students about at length, the necessity to train on the stage. So, can, can I ask, Matthew, um, what you said Denzel wanted to make sure that the stage was a big part of this. Why the stage? Well, the stage is an actor's medium. The play starts. It doesn't stop. There's no editor taking one of your 20 best takes and piecing, piecing everything together. The actor makes the whole event. The actor makes it all happen. So um, the growth over time is why he thinks everyone should train on stage and come back to the stage. So, Matthew, you had him convinced that you, he at least had the piece of paper with him now, even though it had that $2 million <laughs> figure on it. Um, where did it go from there? Well, one of the things he said which uh, pleased me so much, and he said, why don't we make it interdisciplinary? Why don't we also have uh, directors and playwrights and designers? And I said, well, that's a great idea. Yes, we should, because the core of our program is a collaboration. They all work together, uh, making a new piece every week in different teams, learning how to work together better. So we've done that so far. We've had actors, uh, designers. So what did you do to cross Denzel over to say, you know what, this is exactly what I'm looking to uh, get behind? The first time he came back to talk to all of us, I think it was 2000 five, he brought out on stage with him uh, Bob Stone. Denzel put his arm around him and said, this is the man who made me who I am. He cast him in Othello here at Fordham. Denzel has a great affection for Fordham. Every time he's on an interview, he'll talk about, oh, I trained at Fordham. I think he was trying to figure out a way to give back to the place that gave him his start. Do you see any standouts right now for people here at Fordham who you can see, they're on that track to be as great as Denzel, a great you know, Broadway performer, a great actor. Is there anyone here that you can touch on? <laughs> Is that a fair question? No, that's a very unfair <laughs> question. I would get in deep trouble with favoritism there. Of course, everybody's aware at the moment that Taylor Schilling is the star of Orange is the New Black. She is uh, one of ours. And another one of our uh, graduates was on that show, too, Katie Iacona. So we, we like to boast of the Fordham Mafia. So, Matthew, um, how did you decide on our, you and Denzel, or you and the organization and Denzel, decide that Felicia Rashad would be the first chair? How did that happen? I was hunting for the perfect person, and I have always admired Felicia's work. And I found a YouTube video of her on this special TV show, I don't remember the name of it, but it was asking uh, luminaries uh, who were the important teachers in their life. 
And Felicia was talking about a high school teacher that she had. And they brought the teacher on as well. And it was a dialogue back and forth. And the way that Felicia talked about this woman and, and the respect she had for her and the insight she had in what this person did to teach. And I realized she was a natural teacher herself. How has the uh, position changed or has it changed at all? It has remained the same in that uh, often when a university will bring in a special guest, they're contracted to do one thing, to teach a class. But we didn't want that narrow an approach. We wanted the person to also take part in faculty meetings so we could have their expertise for a full semester and to see our main stage work so that they could give feedback to our students and a studio show or two if they could so they could become part of the community. Each one of them has done that. In fact, Felicia, this is a funny story, at the end of her semester, uh, I was talking about a teacher we have here, Stephen Skybell, a great Shakespearean actor who he teaches acting Shakespeare for us. So I was touting him. At the end of the conversation, Felicia turned to me and said, could I take the class? And I said, well, sure. Felicia was so impressed with Stephen that when her daughter Condola was going to be opening in Romeo and Juliet on Broadway, she asked me if Condola could come and take this class with Stephen. And I asked Stephen, and he said yes. And then, lo and behold, Orlando Bloom wanted in on the act, too. So. Here at Fordham Theater is training the stars of a Broadway Shakespearean production. So this, this is the kind of belief that Felicia had in the program, and, and it, she went way beyond the boundaries of her contract, as all the others have done, too. And you're keeping the program small, as you said, about 30 students. Do you see the program at any point growing larger than that? And if so, why so? And if not, why not? We've had this program at this size for oh, 15 years or so. It's a, it's a perfect size. If we enlarge the program and we have a plan in place to do so, it will be to add music theater. If we do this, it means we must have a new theater and a design studio and a scene shop and more rehearsal space. The idea is if we can find the right resources, we could start adding 15 students a year who will concentrate in music theater. So what ultimately do you see Fordham being when it comes to the theater community, not just in New York, but period? We see Fordham as the first place where producers and artistic directors will look for emerging talent. It's a great place for actors, but writers and directors as well. Our actors and, and directors and writers make their own companies and go out into the world, Fringe Festival first, and then start building more companies. I love the idea of what we've been doing with um, asking companies to come in and co-produce with us. In this way, one by one, working with all the great theaters in New York will be seen as the place where you go to develop new work. As well as classics, we do, we do one classic, a Shakespeare or a Greek, but we're, we have a keen interest in new work. One of our most interesting success stories at the moment John Johnson. John came in uh, wanting to be an actor. Everybody wants to be an actor, but he soon found he had a real talent for theater management. So he interned while here with Liz McCann, Broadway producer, and he worked his way up in that office. She mentored him, and now he's a Broadway producer. So in 2013, he won a Tony for the Chris Durang play, 
Sonia Masha Vanyan Spike. And then in 2014, he won two Tonys for Raisin in the Sun and A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. So here we have, you know, a recent grad, three Tonys under his belt as a producer. So because he was one of the producers on Raisin in the Sun, Kenny Leon brought him into his, into his acting class, which was a wonderful day of return for John. So it's another way that we hope that the city will get to know us as a, as a training program, this fertile training program, because we, we put all kinds of artists out into the world. And uh, when John won the Tony for Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, but there were three other Fordham people involved there. Uh, Andy Snyder was the press rep. He was a playwriting major here. Uh, Steven Sosnowski, that one of the account executives at Spotco, sells half the advertising on Broadway. He was involved. And Aaron Ryan, who won the drama desk for projection, he designed the projection on the show. So he, there's, they, they gathered together and they... Uh, found their way into the profession in different ways that they, they hadn't conceived of when they first got here. So is world domination next for the Fordham <laughs> Illuminati? Is that what the goal is? <laughs> we, yes, world domination. That's a great idea. I'm going to put that in the long-range plan. You know, what's useful is that the perception, the understanding that sinks in that you know, our, our paths are circuitous. And the reason to get a great education is because it makes you flexible and supple and resilient. And no matter what the circumstances of the present moment are, you can adapt in the best possible way. You can maximize that moment. Our theater artists read history, read philosophy, study physics, learn a second language. And this uh, enriches them, enriches their ability to ask questions. And that's why they become great artists. I'd like to thank my guests, Kenny Leon and Matthew McGuire. I'd also like to thank my producer, Megan Connor. This has been Fordham Conversations on 90.7 WFUV. You can hear Fordham Conversations every Saturday at 7. You can also friend us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and catch up on past shows with the weekly podcast. Stay with us. George Bodarkey and Cityscape is up next. For Fordham Conversations, I'm Robin Shannon.